When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! Still want to know what Dragon Smoke is, to be quite honest. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, Dragon is usually, uh, it's probably, um, Dragon is usually a drag route. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And usually what goes along with that is a slant. And so it's Dragon Smoke probably means slant drag combination. Now, whether they're really going to run it or if that's just a bogus call, because every defender would know slant drag. That went through my head, yeah. But you also don't know which side they would be doing it to, and usually, if there's... uh, This is fun. Usually, if there's two high safeties, you put one side is slant drag, and then the other side is something that beats the middle, and then uh, if there's a single high safety, then you throw it to slant drag. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so there I you just go. Remember There's the, your hardcore football-y football for the PFF offices. I just remember the, uh, you know, cover two always being the, the tight end seam was my uh, one yes. I played. Was of course. Just, it was just like, please give me the ball in the yes. seam. Yes, you were indeed a tight end, though you tried to catch a football today and it did not it go was, well for you. Well, I, I'm I'm a mess. I also played, you know, 12 years ago, so I, I'm no longer the athlete that I was. All right, Jonathan, let us dial it up. It is that time again. It is 3 o'clock Central. It is 4 o'clock here in the East. Matthew Collar, Pro Football Focus, as Eric Eager. You get three straight days of hot routes. You know how jealous Judd is going to be that you got three straight days of hot routes? Judd is probably foaming at the mouth for next week when he can finally guys, get back into the hot routes. You guys can't see it right now, but the door is shut and locked because Judd's just clawing at it, foaming <laughs> at the try, mouth, trying, trying to get, to get in, well, in there. I need least, hot routes. Judd's going to at least get to, like, Get the Yasiel Puig bobblehead. He's I know. I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Hell no. Of course I'm not. Are you <laughs> serious? I, we got that last night at the Reds game, and it's awesome. It's him it, riding it a amazing. horse. Why is he even riding a horse? I don't get the reference. It's it's great to be from out of town and be like, okay, so your baseball player bobblehead is him riding a horse. I don't, don't know why, but I'm also not going to ask why. <laughs> All right. Let us begin. Jonathan back in the studio in Minnesota. Us here in Cincinnati. The Packers will reportedly wear their throwback blue and gold jersey in week three. 
I hate this thing. I think it looks incredibly dumb. It is hideous, and it looks worse than my high school uniforms. We were yellow and blue and or gold or whatever and blue, and it was awful. And, and this looks worse than, the, than my high school. So I want you guys to give me the uniform, old or new, that you would toss in the Ohio River, that you would just ban forever for any team ever putting on their bodies ever again. Why don't you begin, Eric? Uh, well, so there was one time, or maybe a couple times, when the Kyle Orton Denver Broncos wore the, as Pro Football Talk described him, sunshine yellow and escrement brown <laughs> uniforms uh, with the with like the twisted socks. And I think they beat the Patriots with them. <laughs> they are the worst uniforms. Oh my goodness! Yes, I remember NFL. those. I remember those. So that those would go immediately into the brown Ohio River <laughs> where the brown pants belong. <laughs> I'm uh, leaning towards the anything currently worn by the Jaguars or the Buccaneers right now. Both mm. of those sets of jerseys are just horrendous, and they can be thrown in the Ohio River. I totally agree with both of those. The Buccaneers' current jersey belongs in the indoor football league. Yes. It looks like the most Bush League thing that I've ever seen. Um uh, maybe this would be a cop out since you guys took ones that I well I was going to go the Denver ones anything that's not the orange anything that's not the orange should just be gone immediately but since you guys took those the Tennessee Titans in Dude, general so anything bad. anything the Tennessee Titans have ever worn you go from one of the greatest logos in sports history one of the great uniforms ever in the Houston Oilers to what is this? It looks like a child designed it. It looks like something that belongs in an anime movie. Like this is tremendously bad, Tennessee Titans. Well, and the their first time the the first Titans jerseys were fine. The first Titans jerseys were okay. They were basically the Oilers with something else stamped on it, right? Well, they were they were navy, but then they had the the you know Hana, the shoulder pad, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They had the uh, Carolina blue around it a little bit. And like they were fine, but every single evolution of the Titans jersey has gotten worse. The dark blue is just, an abomination. Oh, oh. Yeah, and just less dark blue in sports in general. Yeah, yeah. The New Orleans Pelicans—they moved to—they uh, changed the name from the Hornets after they moved, and then whatever happened. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, you're going to be the Pelicans. You've got to be something awesome, right? And they're dark blue. Like it doesn't stand out at all. Be a little more creative. Just don't go with whatever the Broncos did that one time. Uh, Our next hot route, the new football stadium in Vegas for the Oakland Raiders is reportedly very close to being finished, so there's no turning back. They're going to be the Vegas Raiders, and I'm sure that people, especially when Minnesota plays them eventually, will be interested in taking road trips to Vegas to see the Raiders play their favorite squad. So Oakland goes from having one of the great home field advantages ever uh, to probably a mix mash of half and half fans. Mm-hmm. Give me your ideal NFL road trip, guys. Jonathan, you can start out with this one. Uh, mine would be Vegas, but we're not going to go with that one. I'm going to go with the one that shouldn't surprise you, caller, if you know me. It's going to be London. I'll make a weekend of it. Okay, gonna go, go see a, some football. Going to go see a Manchester United game on Saturday and then go to go down to London to see an NFL game on Sunday. Naturally. Yeah. On brand, Jonathan. On brand. 
I yeah. So uh, you know, and the interesting thing about the new Raider Stadium is there's almost gonna be no parking from what the, the sort of the way everything's like configured with MGM and and the lots and, of taxis in Vegas though. Have you ever been? Exactly, but it's even more conducive to the travelers than you know because if you live in Vegas, oh sure, right. You know what are you gonna where are you gonna park and things like that. Well, you can walk in 110 degree heat in September. Yeah, exactly. You'll be fine. Um, so I and, and Vikings fans will get a chance to do this this year. I've always enjoyed going to a game in Kansas City. Um, they have you know the Kansas City's got a couple cool places. They got the Power and Light District. They have the uh, Country Club Plaza. The stadium has like one of the best tailgating scenes uh, of all time. The baseball stadium's next door. They're terrible, so tickets are really cheap. You can go to the <laughs> Royals game the night before, and then Kansas City is is I think probably the most fun place I've ever gone to watch a football game. Uh, so that would be, you know, honestly, I've already done it before, but it is it, it is an ideal uh, NFL road trip for me. All right, I've got my sort of answer that's supposed to be actually answering the question and my snarky answer. My snarky answer first is I love when I go to sports contests where no one's there. So week 16 in Washington would be <laughs> ideal for me. Just go, have a whole section to myself, watch the game. Uh, okay, that's that's my snarky answer. My My non-snarky answer is... I have to admit, it's the total antithesis of what someone from Buffalo would say or someone from Minnesota, but I've never been to Jerry World, and I think I'm going to try and convince uh, our folks to send me down there, even though maybe they spent our whole budget on this trip uh, and the chicken wings I bought here last night, but I want to go to that Dallas stadium. It just seems like an, an egregious display of wealth and power that you just have to be impressed by. It's almost like, who would even think to do something this preposterous, and yet here they've done it. So I've never been there. I want to see it, and that would be mine for this year uh, with the Vikings, at least. I would go um, and and see Dallas. All right, our next one. Uh, The other day was Barry Sanders' birthday, 51, which means I'm how old? 100 at least, right? (laughs) Like, Like, what? I was mad when Barry Sanders retired, and now he's 51? How is this possible? Saquon Barkley, by the way, said to Barry Sanders on Twitter, hey, thanks for being an inspiration, or whatever. I was trying to do the math on that. I'm like, wait a minute. I was 10 when he retired. He would have, yeah, Barkley. Barkley's watching it on YouTube. It's like, well, uh, now they do say that when a woman is pregnant, you should play classical music, and the baby will hear it inside the womb. So maybe Saquon Barkley. It's science. It's science. That's right. Uh, any, anyhow, that's not the hot route, um, or actually has nothing to do with it at all. Uh, but I, I would put Barry Sanders' highlight reel up against anyone ever in sports. Give me the player 2019 in the NFL who will have the most exciting highlight reel. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, man, I think it's going to be Pat Mahomes. You know, I just think like the in just one year, right, you saw the no-look pass, you saw the left-hand pass, you saw the, the play against, uh, you know, the Ravens where it's like fourth and ten and he rolls out all the way to the sideline, throws to the other side of the field. Um, I think, you know, with his arm strength, his ability, his accuracy, all that, you're, you're going to see probably – just a, an outrageous number of really brilliant throws from him over the course of the next, you know, hopefully 15 years. And I, so I think he's the current player for whom the, the best highlight reel will be bestowed. John, I'm going to stick with the quarterback here. If it works out for him, that's the big caveat here. Kyler Murray could have a really fun highlight yeah. reel if it all works out with his speed and his arm. Those two combinations could be really fun to watch if it works out for him. That is a great selection. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. That if he's happy to be in Cleveland, 
And if Baker Mayfield is forcing the ball his way as much as he possibly can to keep Odell Beckham happy, that man is going to make some of the craziest catches that we have ever seen this year. He already owns the catch of falling backwards and making that grab uh, on Sunday Night Football with the Giants. I I think we're in for more of that from Odell Beckham with Mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Saquon Barkley would be another one where, yeah, running backs don't matter, Eric, thanks. But, like, (laughs) super fun to watch that man break out into space. He's Adrian Peterson-esque with the handed off to him twice for two losses, and then he breaks a 70- or 80-yard run. His college highlight reel, his year one highlight reel, all kind of had some of that to it, and uh, I I think he could be up there. Uh, All right, next one. Earlier this week, Deshaun Kaiser, who is Green Bay's backup now, if you just had lost track of Deshaun Kaiser and what he's been up to, uh, he said that he sees himself as a future Super Bowl MVP. Now, this was my favorite part, is... People, players on Twitter came to his defense and said, hey, if you don't think you're the best, like, like there's a, there is a level of, okay, now you sound like a fool, though. If he said, hey, I believe someday I'll be a starter again, you'd be like, oh, okay, all right, well, I totally buy into that. That's possible for sure. We've seen lots of bad quarterbacks become starters. But when you say, I believe I'll be the Super Bowl MVP, I mean, that's that's like really specific. It wouldn't be like, yeah, I believe one day I'll be a professional guitar player. It'd be like, I believe I'll play for Whitesnake. Specifically, and only <laughs> Whitesnake. Anyway, uh, I want you guys to give me a Super Bowl MVP quarterback who plays in the NFL today that is improbable, but could do it. Somebody that you would say, very unlikely, but if they did it, you'd be like, well, that's sports for you. Amazing story. Blank quarterback won the Super Bowl MVP because it's not Deshaun Kaiser. I'm going to jump in and say Tyrod Taylor of the Los Angeles wow. Chargers. That, now that is a great one. Because I think the Chargers are a Super Bowl contender. Rivers is old. Tyrod Taylor is probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So I, I think but just playing the numbers, he, he has the best chance. Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian Hoyer here. If Brady gets injured in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> Hoyer's bald head <laughs> hoisting up the trophies. Have Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick coach the hell out of that game, and somehow Hoyer's the one who gets the credit for winning it. He's gonna, he's gonna be the guy. I wasn't necessarily thinking of uh, exactly backup quarterbacks, uh, but the trolliest answer I can come up with is Case Keenum. Right? I was like, <laughs> it's improbable, yes. but not impossible. Sean he was Mannion. in the NFC Championship. Sean Mannion is <laughs> Teddy not possible. Sorry, Sean Mannion is not possible. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater was another one that came to mind. Of like, hey, again, Breeze gets hurt late in the season. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater uh, becomes the Super Bowl MVP. A couple other ones. Um, now the the great one would be Taylor Heineke, but that's not really it's not really possible. But it's the other one to say out loud to be funny. Um, so uh, probably a couple good picks. But if I was just going really improbable but totally possible, would be Andy Dalton. Like you'd be totally shocked if somehow that happened, but not any more shocked than you would be if, that Nick Foles became the Super Bowl MVP. And that Cincinnati team might be the most that sort of I want to say slept on in the NFL, that no one is saying Cincinnati is going to be good. I do think it's mildly possible that they're decent. If they if they win the Super Bowl, it would probably be Dalton, and they're an NFL team. So they, <laughs> That's you know, right, so, so it is possible. Okay, uh, Jonathan, I will allow you to play along with this, though you are not a 
data scientist no, as not. Eric Eager is. So I want to make that very clear. This is like the, uh, you know, put, put at the bottom, Jonathan is not actually a data scientist, but he gets a pick here because he's on the show. Uh, <laughs> it's my last day at Pro Football Focus's offices, so our last hot route should be this, Eric. Who is winning the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I think it's going to be the two teams that that are gonna that lost the title game in overtime last year that run it back again. I think the Kansas City Chiefs beat the New Orleans Saints. Okay, I Jonathan, the, what is your Super Bowl pick? Whom and whom? I have the Saints in my Super Bowl, but it's against the Colts. I think what they've done in Indianapolis, building around Andrew Luck, actually having an offensive line and having a decent defense, I think that'll all come together for them this year. It'll be the Colts and the Saints, and the Colts will win it. Okay, I. I think that's a good pick um we talked about the colts earlier who had just a a great chance to take that next step and since i have been carrying the flag for the houston texans i'm gonna say they're the first gm list team to ever win (laughs) a super bowl uh or to go to a super bowl i don't know if necessarily win i'm gonna pick the houston texans against the philadelphia eagles and i'm not being a troll i just think that the eagles are really really good Mm -hmm. still and normally when we see a team like that you win the super bowl you don't have Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, you start to fall off. But look at their roster. I mean, they are still super-duper stacked on that team, and they drafted another offensive lineman in Andre Dillard to give them more depth there. I'm really liking Philadelphia's weapons, and I think they've got a good chance to return to the Super Bowl. So there there are the picks on the record. They'll probably change a bunch of different times as uh, we go along throughout the season. But uh, our final hot route there from the PFF offices. So we'll take a break. Um, We've been going through the divisions. We've got to get to the NFC. So let's go through a couple NFC. The best bets, what the numbers say about the NFC when we return from the PFF offices in Cincinnati. Join me and Dan Terhar tomorrow night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and Real Salt Lake pregame at 8.30 p.m. Kickoff at 9 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. All right, we have 37 more minutes to inject football juice into your veins, so we're going to do that. Uh, we've been going through the last two days of the best bets in each division. Maybe we could sort of recap the AFC real quick. Um, for This isn't just who's going to win. This is what your best bet would be in terms of overachieving or underachieving. So with the AFC East, I forget what it was. Like you're going to ha- you're gonna have buff- to remind me. Buffalo under Buffalo seven. Buffalo under, under seven. Uh, for the AFC West? I think it was Chargers under nine and a half. The North? Uh, it was Pittsburgh to make the playoffs, which is even right. money. And then Tennessee to win the division, which is six to one. So, so you might as well. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go with the the NFC East. Now, I just picked Philadelphia as the Super Bowl or to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm going to say that I think Philadelphia has a great chance to win the division. But I would also say this: uh, that Dallas is a really good team. And uh, if Ezekiel Elliott does not hold out and he plays, I think it is an impact on their offense, whether he plays or doesn't play. And their offensive line is healthy with Travis Frederick coming back. He's super, super good as a center. They've got a great defense. And last year, Dak Prescott with Amari Cooper was just a different human being. And I have been, and I don't know how you feel about this, uh, Eric, but I have been a Dak Prescott 
almost truther in a way when he had the bad second year when their entire offensive line got hurt and they were just an awful team. He struggled to some extent, but still got them to nine and seven. I'm not certain that Jason Garrett's a great coach there, but I think it's a very, very talented team. Uh, yeah, I think you know on their defense they had four or five players in the top six of their position in wins above replacement. You know, Jalen Smith. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is a rookie. Obviously, Demarcus Lawrence is an edge player. Uh, Byron Jones is a corner as he just moved over from safety. I mean, they're they're pretty solid defensively. Although uh, after they beat the Saints thirteen ten on Thursday night football the week after Thanksgiving, they gave up over twenty twenty three points in every single game after that, including uh, the playoffs. Um, so they sort of regressed there. They were a team that was you know basically nine and three, I believe, in one score games. So if you sort of regress that. Uh, you know, sort of 50-50 to the mean. They're a 500 team. So uh, in many ways, people thought Dallas improved last year, which I think actually they, you know, actually digressed. They gave up the second most sacks in the NFL uh, last season. Uh, Tyron Smith's not getting any younger. Uh, Travis Frederick is a question mark uh, to come back from, you know, his illness. Uh, for me, the best bet in this division, to answer your question, is Dallas's under win total, which is nine. Hmm. Okay, so you're you're just not buying them as a super competitive team in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they finish. I think they're a, a 500 team, and uh, and you know when you combine the Jason Garrett, just kind of Jason Garrett sort of cultivating this arrogance from a, I think a pretty lucky season that maybe is unwarranted. Uh, the tougher schedule by virtue of finishing first in the NFC East. Sure. Uh, you know all those things. I think that the I think that they're far. They're less likely than not to make the playoffs. We have them at forty three percent, and we our projected win total for them is more like eight and a half than it is nine. So uh, if you get you know so anywhere near even money to bet them under nine, I think that's a really good bet. Is the DC squad or the uh team in New York, the New York football Giants. Are they even worth talking about with this division? Well, the Giants have this like a bottom two or three schedule in the NFL in terms mm, of difficulty. Okay. So when you look at them, uh, you know, last season they were they if you again take their their record and like basically give them all, you know, ties on games decided by one score or less, they had the same record as Dallas. Like they were they lost a lot of close games. They had a better offense than the Vikings. They actually scored more points last season than the uh, Dallas Cowboys despite having hmm. all the all of the uh, you know, the talent on, on Dallas's side. So, um, you know, the hard part with them projecting them is you might see a rookie quarterback come in mid-season and then right. I think all bets are off. So, um, you know, same thing with Washington. I think with those two teams uh, I think they'll be better uh, than people project them to be, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, they're they have any really real chance to to sort of compete. Philadelphia is really at basically even money to me, the 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 best bet to win that division. All right, let's talk about the West because I love talking about the West. I have no idea what Cliff Kingsbury is going to do, and that's always the most fun for me. Uh, I interviewed an Arizona Cardinals reporter earlier this offseason, and he said, oh, yeah, he could get fired after one year. With as sort of fickle as the ownership there is and what a risky decision it was to hire Cliff Kingsbury, if it doesn't work out right away, he's going to be hot seat or potentially even gone because they were criticized so greatly for hiring a coach that wasn't even that successful in college. And then you're expecting a rookie quarterback to take you there. Recent history on rookie quarterbacks is 
not super good. Yeah. I mean, even the quarterbacks who became really good, like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, were mostly mediocre or bad in their first year. So I'm not sure why we would expect Kyler Murray to be leaps and bounds better. And he's going to go from one of the great college offensive lines of having three and a half seconds to throw at any given time to one of the worst offensive lines. I'm not very high on Arizona as a winning team, but I am fascinated by this situation. Yeah, neither is the market, really. I mean, they're they're over under a five wins. is the second worst only to the Dolphins, mm. uh, the team that they gave uh, Josh Rosen to this offseason. Um, that being said, like, you know, I think the difficulty with the Cardinals is a season ago they had a lot of bad luck. I mean, they, they lost, I believe, they lost to Oakland at home by like a field goal. They lost to Seattle at home by a field goal. They lost. Yeah, didn't to, Daniel Carlson, former Viking, that's uh, right. beat them and, on a field goal? Yeah, and, and they lost. Um, oh, they won a couple close games against San Francisco. They, they won, lost one to Chicago where Sam Bradford got pulled late in the game. Yeah, they, they covered the spread in that game but lost. You know, they had the Bears on the ropes. They actually beat. The car they they got Mike McCarthy fired. That's right. They were and so you look at them, you know the 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 uh, the last coach that they had made the big mistake in the NFL, which is to take a roster and try to mold them into the scheme you like to play. Steve Wilkes is very much a four three zone guy, and he had a bunch you know Patrick Peterson playing zone, uh, and, you know, and that and that really didn't work. And so um, when you go back, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, coming in bringing in his own guys, I think they're going to try. To mold the, the the system more to the players on offense, they drafted you know Andy Isabella, uh, you know uh, to play wide receiver, um, and, you know, and uh, the guy Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. Uh, they already have Larry Fitzgerald. Their offensive line is terrible, but it's not going to get any worse than it was last year. And then Kyler Murray, obviously with his escapability and what we liked about him a lot coming out of uh, te- you know coming uh, coming out of Oklahoma was the accuracy. So I think they will improve, but. Uh, this is a tough division because I think San Francisco gets better. I think Seattle stays about the same, and the Rams stay about the same. So it's just a really tough road for them. I totally agree with Rams and Seattle. Like I could see the Rams drifting back two games, being eleven and five instead of thirteen and three, because maybe you know they lose an offensive lineman. Andrew Whitworth is a year older at left tackle. Maybe some people figure out more things about Jared Goff, but they're still going to be good. They've still got a ton of talent, and if they have three healthy wide receivers, Cooper Cup going down was a big deal and was not brought up a ton uh, as we went down the stretch, but I thought that was a big deal for them. Seattle, same thing. I mean, Russell Wilson is going to get them to 9 or 10 wins, uh, even if they're kind of mediocre overall. The San Francisco is the one that I just I don't know and is very fascinating because Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind, somehow gets eight yards per attempt out of Nick Mullins, and I was watching San Francisco games back the other day just to look at some of the offensive schemes and things they did, and it's just, there's a lot of cleverness there. I mean, there's just a lot of creativity that he has, and if Jimmy Garoppolo can execute some of that, they could play defense halfway decently. You could be talking about San Francisco in the playoffs and is kind of like that surprise team for this year that goes nearly worst to first. Yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, it's a tough one because they're another example of a team that has built their defense from the line back. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman notwithstanding, they're just not strong in the secondary. 
uh, and you know, unless Jason Verrett, who hasn't really played much uh, since the, the Chargers were in the San Diego, uh, you know, comes back from a bunch of injuries and plays well, they're going to struggle there as well. Um, so for me, like if I'm looking at the best bet in this division, there's a prop that it's the same thing as Tennessee. That Seattle Seahawks are going off at three to one to win that division. When mm-hmm. I would, you know, sort of more more or less give them, uh, you know, a thirty percent chance right on the dot to hit to win that division. So you're getting some value there. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in that division, without a doubt. Uh, and it, in Seattle, if they learn from some of their sort of inefficiencies last season, basically you know throw you know throwing the ball more on early downs, uh, using the run more as a complementary piece than the focal point of their offense, I think they could go ahead and, and and win some there. We saw Jared Goff regress to the mean quite a bit in December and January last year. Uh, if he does that again, then having the best quarterback in that division will be a, a really nice asset for Seattle. Man, Seattle, like last year, I think could have been better with a better offensive coordinator. And at some point, you have to just say, what will Russell Wilson be like now that they have a decent offensive line there? If you dropped him back to throw and threw it 40 times a game and let this man throw for 5,000 yards and let him be Pat Mahomes in that offense, but with Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays... It just seems like they're not going to do that. And <laughs> it should make you a little nervous if you're the Vikings when Mike Zimmer looks at the Seattle offense. It's like, yeah, I think we could be kind of like that. You're like, no, 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 actually, you don't want to be anything yeah, like yeah. that. That's the worst thing that they're doing. And somehow Russell Wilson is hitting all these big plays and keeping them yeah. in games because he's Russell Wilson and he's amazing. But they were running the antithesis of a modern offense last year. And I would anticipate that again. If they do that again and San Francisco's better, they might miss the playoffs at eight and eight or something. Absolutely. And they lost, you know, Frank Clark, uh, Earl Thomas, who barely played last season, but still is a basically a Hall of Fame player, and Doug Baldwin. So three of their best players are gone. Uh they're gonna have to be able to fill in there. Pete Carroll's done a terrific job at that in the past, uh, but it's not necessarily something you can bank on. So really this is a, a long shot bet, but it's one making, you know, basically a bet that the best quarterback in the division will lead a team to the division title, and I'll take three to one odds on that. I just saw my wife tweet that there's a tornado watch in the Twin Cities. Is it a bad time to fly back in this evening, you think? If there's it uh, might be. Tornado watch. That's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, okay, so a, a quick reminder. Well, uh, that has distracted me for a moment. Um, if you want to get uh, any of Pro Football Focus's packages for this year, um, there's a couple of different pay grades and options that you can get uh, to look at the grades or to look at the more detailed statistics. You can get 25% off by just using the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, a very generous thing that the PFF people have done for us and our listeners, so make sure that you do that. Um Let's talk about the South before we talk about the North, and then we'll maybe finish the show with an NFC North prediction. The South is lots of fun. I know you're very high on Tampa Bay. I'm not high on Tampa Bay because of who their quarterback is, and I just don't like him, and I think he will fail. That's why. That's my reasoning. I know you've got numbers, you've got data over there on your computer, and I don't care about it. I think Jameis Winston will throw interceptions when he's supposed to win football games, and that's why. The rest of them, though, are kind of interesting. You guys both like New Orleans to be in the Super Bowl and finally uh, get some better luck in the playoffs. Maybe the replay system bails them out this time. Wouldn't that be a thing? Uh, The most fascinating team to me in the South is Atlanta, though, because their defense was so unhealthy last year that they just had no shot. But their offense was great. And I feel like this is the last shot for Matt Ryan. 
maybe his career isn't over, but that he could still play. And he's still one of the better quarterbacks. They've got a lot of weapons for him. They've tried to revamp their offensive line from a, a big downfall last year. And he was really good overall last season. Yep. And we didn't notice because they just didn't win a lot of games because their defense was an atrocity. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons were one of those teams that there was always something, right? And, and, you know, in 2017, it was terrible red zone play with Steve Sarkeesian. It was running too much on on early downs. And that often carried over. Uh, they got better in the red zone last season, but they still ran the ball too much on early downs. Uh, and then that leaves you open to some of the things that we saw uh, with that with the Falcons, you know, later on, which was... Um, you know the the fact is, is like you know they led the NFL in third down drops in 2017, for example, and then 2018 their defense gets injured and their offense is just expected to do too, to, to too many things. So uh, you know that I, I do think that the Falcons rebound this year. I have them going being an above 500 team, uh, but you know to me the New Orleans Saints just have so much going for them that they're probably going to keep the Falcons at arm's length simply by having you know an improving defense. I think their defense is slightly better personnel wise than Atlanta's and then an offense that is getting better. The thing that plagued New Orleans down the stretch last year was Drew Brees, I think, uh, you know, his age a little bit with his arm strength, but also the fact that Ted Ginn was injured for most of the season. They were a Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara show on offense, and now that they you know, come in, they have Latavius Murray to take some pressure uh, off of Alvin Kamara. They have Jared Cook as a tight end to take some pressure in the middle of the field uh, off of Michael Thomas. So uh, I think that they're just a more complete offense. Their offensive line protects Breeze really well, and so it's just going to be really tough, for, I think, for any team to compete with New Orleans in that in that division. Yeah, Cam Newton in Carolina is the wild card for me because last year he was rolling, he was great, and then the shoulder injury caught up to him and he couldn't throw the ball anymore. And at the point where a quarterback has to be pulled because he can't throw a Hail Mary tells you exactly how bad his shoulder injury was. Now they're supposedly revamping his throwing motion. I'll never really that believe just in doesn't, that. That just yeah. doesn't seem great. No, it doesn't. And the fact is, though, that he was putting up some of his better numbers with the Norv Turner offense, which, uh, what? You know, right? Like, Norv Turner all of a sudden got creative with Cam Newton last year. And I think a lot of people early in the season were saying, where was this? when you were here in Minnesota, but uh, Cam Newton had uh, one of his highest completion percentages, which tells you a lot about completion percentage, actually, and how it is often determined by your scheme more than it is your accuracy, Mm -hmm. and then also ran for 488 yards in 14 games still. So he had a really great most of the season, and then his games after he got hurt were just atrocious. I have no idea how to project the Carolina Panthers not knowing exactly how healthy he's going to be. And if I were to put odds on it, I would think it goes worse rather than better. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time, one of the last times I was on your show, I said one of my predictions is that, uh, you know, Carolina might be picking in the top ten, if not the top five. Uh, And I think it's because if Cam Newton isn't healthy, um, as you said, he does such a great job at times of you know depth adjusted accuracy he 's not an accurate quarterback by completion percentage or really you know compared to some of the great guys, but he does go down the field and if he 's healthy, he goes down the field effectively um, but if he is not healthy uh, that that lessens uh, you know that that gets lessened there and you know they did do a good job of getting you know d j Moore in the draft I think uh, you know, Greg Olson remains a pretty good tight end, but defensively they did a decent amount up front. Uh, you know, they got Gerald McCoy up front, uh, but 
they just don't cover very well. And they didn't cover up well last year. They were terrible against the pass in terms of EPA allowed. Um, you know, there's some, you know, Bradbury, uh, you know, Dante Jackson, they get a little bit older, but like it still like remains to be seen whether they can stop anybody. And if they can't stop anybody in that division, they're going to have a tough time. What's your best bet? Uh, it was so. It was when Jameis Winston was plus fifteen hundred to win the passing yards title. That was <laughs> a good bet. He is now plus eight hundred, which means some people had the same idea uh, that I had. Um, for me, I think it's it's probably either Tampa Bay above six and a half wins or Carolina below seven and a half wins. Oh, that's it. There, only six and a half wins for Tampa. I mean, it, so I did go on the angry rant here to start about Tampa, but. I mean, Bruce Arians... Arians alone should be worth two more wins than they got last year. Bruce Arians made an Arizona Cardinals team with Blaine Gabbert and, and uh, Drew Stanton go 8-8, eight and eight. so without David Johnson. So uh, that, to me, it's not that we think Tampa Bay will win the Super Bowl. It's that they will overcome expectations, and the expectations are admittingly low. Okay, before we wrap this entire thing here from the PFF offices, uh, in which we have previewed every division, we've dove into... Uh, how analytics are being used in the NFL today. We've talked about the great running back debates. We've really covered the entire NFL here, and it's been super, super fun. So we've got to talk NFC North, and I need a prediction from you there and a best bet, and then I'll uh, run as fast as I can to the airport right right after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me ask you this question, just, a, just a, like a one-team answer of who's going to be the most fun team in the NFL this year. It doesn't matter if they're good. It doesn't matter if they're bad. It only matters entertainment value. Carolina. Or, uh, sorry, um, Arizona. Think so? Yeah. Right, because they play all these awesome teams. They play the, you know, they play the Rams twice. They play the Seahawks twice. Um, San Francisco, I think, will be good. So they have six games against fun teams, right? Uh, and then Murray, uh, Kingsbury, um, and then uh, David Johnson coming back, the wide receivers that they're going to employ with the two rookies, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk from a season ago, who had a pretty good rookie year. I think that's going to be the most entertaining team in the league. I think I think Oakland might be the most yeah. fun. That's a good point. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. If, it, if it blows up, right? Or if it doesn't. I mean, Antonio Brown might end up with 130 catches and they make the playoffs and Derek Carr looks great or something. They could be, because of just how unique of a situation that is, they could be really fun. Uh, Cleveland would probably be, that, that's kind of an obvious pick, but yeah, I yep. think Cleveland also, if Baker Mayfield takes that step forward to being one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, that is going to be a barrel of monkeys. So, all right, uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on it for today. Mackie and Judd with Rami. There are baseball trade rumors I've been informed. Let me tell you this, Madison Bumgardner. This is, the, I am promising you, I will do this. If Madison Bumgarner becomes a Minnesota twin, every time someone hits a home run against Madison Bumgarner, I will make a cell phone video of me yelling at that player as they round the bases. Every time. Because that's what he does. Every time Madison Bumgarner gives a home run and thinks that someone's pipped the home run, he yells at them. If he becomes a twin, because I really, really like Madison Bumgarner as a pitcher, I'll yell along with him. So that's that's what I'm saying. That's a, I'm rooting for him to become a twin for that reason. All right. Quick break. Be right 3.47 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this download. Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's where Score North personalities go back in time and do deep dives into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including 
Twins and Tigers game 163. Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS. Some basketball ones here. Kevin Love's 30 and 30 game. And Kevin Garnett's dominating game seven against Sacramento. That's called Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. We have about seven minutes remaining here of my time at the PFF offices, so let me tell you this first so we don't run out of time. I cannot thank you enough, Eric Eager, for co-hosting, for uh, driving me around in your sport utility vehicle, for uh, (laughs) going out to lunch, going to the Reds game last night. All of this has been a magnificent experience, and for anybody who listened, if you missed any of the shows, then uh, go check them out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. But I think if you're a football fan getting jacked for the season, then uh, I hope that we were able to give you uh, a ton of stuff. But I think we were able to accomplish that here in Cincinnati. It's been super fun for me. It's it's somewhat surreal. You know, I, The first time I ever heard of Pro Football Focus was on your station when Sam, who is now my colleague, desk across the hall from me, uh, w- would come on and go on Mackie and Judge show. So it is sort of like a strange uh, way that this has all turned out, but I really appreciate being able to do sports talk radio for a few days. Yeah, no, fun. It, was, it was really fun, and you've done a great job as a co-host. So let me finish this up then by you angering Vikings fans with your final comments with about the NFC North. You have been called on Twitter a Viking hater before, which is not true at all since you grew up watching the Vikings in Minnesota. If anything, the Vikings hated me growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We didn't get around to that, uh, and I apologize for that, to to which team should have been better, but I'll I'll just give you the answer. It's 88. 88's the team, I think, in our lifetime that should have won the Super Bowl, yeah. Uh, But let's talk about the the NFC North here. Uh, One of the most fascinating divisions, and I think... For you, number jockey, it's very difficult even for your stats to figure out which one of these teams is going to win this division even, which, for the most part, we can clearly circle the team of the divisions and say, well, okay, the Rams Mm. should be the team that wins this New Orleans. But between Chicago, Minnesota, and Green Bay... It's it's a toss up in my mind, right? As you wrote on ScoreNorth.com today, it, you thank know, you. It's 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 not easy. The Vikings actually, I have them as a slight favorite. Um, so if you want to give out a medium bet, it is them to win the division because I think that they are uh, they're you know given better they're giving given better odds than the Bears at this point. So you should go to that. Um, but you know, none of these teams are any more than a third uh, of a way to the division title. So it is really just like a you know, basically just a you know dead heat there. Uh, if I'm looking at though at a best bet, I have Detroit with a 13.5 percent chance to win the division. <laughs> um, if you want to, in some places, to bet uh, Detroit, they are nine to one, which oh, basically okay. is 10 percent. So, yeah. so you have a higher probability. Right. So if they do win the division, you would win nine dollars for every one dollar you bet. So that is a that it's, is that's a, a that's a long shot. That's a pretty but good long shot. It does shot. happen. If you want one that's a little bit more likely, I like the Bears under nine and a half. For almost every reason that I like the Vikings under ten last year, <laughs> you know, defense regresses, right. quarterbacks not very good, et cetera, et cetera. I think the that that has been that's got more expensive. You have to pay one hundred and forty to win a hundred to bet the under nine and a half uh, is a little bit better early in the off season. But I still think uh, you get you get decent value there, and you get to cheer for the Bears to lose, which is a lot better than cheering for the Vikings to go under <laughs> ten wins. Uh, at what point does? 
Mitch Trubisky become the quarterback everyone bickers about constantly? I think it's already here. Is it already happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bears fans are are Bears fans are so aggressive about it. Um, they're the the moment you tell them that they lost the playoff game because they only scored 15 points in a 2018 game, <laughs> they try to tell you it was because of the kicker and and you know stop hating on Mitch. They went 12 and four. So uh, you know it. It's a very similar position. Didn't at, Chase Daniel win a couple of those? Yeah, I mean, Chase to, Daniel which won. kind of showed you a little bit of how good the circumstances were, but they're not getting worse, though. The circumstances on offense are not getting worse for the team. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, Tariq Cohen is going to lose some snaps, I think, to uh, David Montgomery, who we really like, but I think Cohen's a much more efficient player as a back. Uh, and, you know, their pass protection is probably not going to get all that much better. The real issue is defensively. They lose their coordinator, they lose their slot corner, and they lose one of the best safeties in the NFL in Adrian Amos. So when you, much like Bortles, right, when you take away, you make the best defense in the league, the fifth best defense in the league, you give worse situations to your quarterback. Right. And when a quarterback right. isn't very good, you you sort of you see it more right, and we saw Bortles collapse last season uh, under the pressure once he didn't have the best defense sitting behind him. I I would uh, you know predict a similar fate under Mr. Bisky this year. Uh, credit to Blake Bortles though he collapsed in the practice against the Vikings where he couldn't yeah. complete throws that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Kyle Sloter was completing uh, in, against the Vikings defense in practice. You forget that Kyle Sloter's really good, though, Matt. So, uh, yeah, that is one thing I forget all the time. Uh, so, give me the actual percentages before we wrap up here. What what a what a percentage chance for each team to uh, win the division or reach the playoffs for Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit. Yeah. So Minnesota is about 44% to make the playoffs, 31 to win the division. Chicago is about 43 and 31. Green Bay is 36 and 20, 25. And then Detroit, lowly Detroit, is at 22 and uh, 13 and a half, 14. So, uh, you know, obviously it's sort of how you would think. I think we're a little lower on Green Bay than most, just seeing as, you know, we're not that high on Matt LaFleur. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers struggled last year, but I do think it is a three-team race, and I think it's a pretty dead heat. Well, I'll say this uh, about Detroit. If they somehow win the division, it'll be about the wrongest I've ever been about a head coach. If Matt Patricia rises to the top of the NFC North, that would be pretty stunning. All right, Eric Eager, thank you for all your time. Jonathan, great job back in the studio all week helping us get hooked up here from Cincinnati. And also, your engineer here in Cincinnati, what's his name? Tyler Sobchak. Tyler did an amazing job here to get us set up, so really... Really appreciate him as well. Sam Monson, everybody else from PFF who came on. Much appreciated. If you missed any of it, check it out on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up next, baseball talk. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.